untamed, exploring the Texas coast. From Sabine to South Padre, we plan and execute the most exciting and authentic coastal experiences Texas has to offer, including fishing, paddling, surfing, and camping. Brought to you by Untamed Out. The holidays are here. Do you have someone that you've been procrastinating to get a gift for? Or you have someone that's difficult to shop for that just buys all the gear they need when they need it? Now your only options are little outdoor knickknacks that they probably won't use. I'm here to tell you that you can be the best gift giver on the planet and give the experience of a stay at Fish Camp Rockport. If you know the dates you'd like, you can go on our website and book them directly on untamedout.com. Or if you prefer Airbnb or VRBO, you can do that too. Also, if you don't know the dates, we offer gift cards that we can apply as a credit to any future dates that are booked, and that'll be sent to you in the form of a promo code that you can apply at checkout when you decide to book. Send an email to info at untamedout.com with the subject line gift card and we'll get you taken care of. Fish Camp Rockport is the best place on the Texas coast to gift your loved ones a wonderful experience. Come stay with us and enjoy our five acre property where you can bring all your gear and spend time with friends and family. Go to untamedout.com, select featured properties, there you can search calendar availability, browse pictures and have a hassle free booking experience. Our custom containers feature the luxuries of home without compromising the wild of our coastal Texas nature. Fish Camp Rockport is the perfect base camp for any adventure. Again, go to www.untamedout.com to book your stay today. If you'd like to partner with us and become a sponsor of Untamed Exploring the Texas Coast podcast, send an email to info at untamedout.com with the subject line sponsor, and either Captain Travis or myself will get back in touch with you about future opportunities. And remember, you can listen to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for episode 15. I'm your host, Elliot Barr. And I'm Captain Travis Power of Lone Star Guide. Today we're going to be talking about a recent trip I took to Ambergris Key in Belize, also known as San Pedro. And we did some fishing on the flats for bonefish, tarpon, and permit. But before we get into that, let's hit on a couple topics and untamed current events. Starting with your new skiff. Yeah, dude, my new skiff, finally here. Uh, Explore Boatworks, huge shout out to Explore, um, super cool, Frankie the owner is awesome, but um, but what, anyhow. What kind of skiff do you get, what's the model? Yeah, X18, that's their, um, that's their flat bottom Pullman skiff, Yeah, and, uh, and, and it's been sitting in South Carolina for a little while, and so it's big to finally get it here. I was going to get it um, when it was ready, it was kind of like the peak of just the, you know, fall fishing and I couldn't go get it myself, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, dude, I had a, a super cool guide, Instagram friend, um, Austin, Ace Outdoors, Charleston. Yeah. How'd you get hooked up with him? Dude, he just, I don't know, cool dude. Well, cause you put feelers out to see if anybody could, um, transport your skiff down for you, right? Yeah, dude. And so he... He hit me up, and we and we go back and forth on Instagram a little bit, and he he does some you know, and and he does some cool stuff, and and uh, you know maybe I'll ask him a question, he'll ask me a question, and uh, so anyhow he was like, yeah, dude, I want to go down there, mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, he was going to go hit up his friend Pete, the Skiff Wonder, and he's like, this is perfect, dude, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'll I'll pay for it, man, you know, yeah, and we'll put you up at fish camp. So 
that's what we did. But um, but the boat, it's the X18 Explorer, super cool. It's going to be the first year fishing uh, out of an Explorer. Can't wait to do it. Still haven't even put it in the water yet because the weather was terrible. And then my schedule is crazy right now. Yeah. And um, but it's we're going to be fishing it a lot. Uh, built. It's so cool. The the company is awesome. I love their website. I love their marketing. I love all the stuff that they do. It just it looks cool. And their motto like it fits me perfectly. It's like go anywhere, go everywhere. And the boats, it's it's going to be a really cool boat. I know my family's going to like it. You know. Yeah. So it's eighteen foot, eighteen nineteen foot. It's a bigger. It's kind of a little bit bigger. It's got a lot of. It's got like a what eighty four inch beam or or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wide. Yeah, and uh, it's got a lot of space. You can put two in the back, two up front. You know, family of four. Well, Mm -hmm. I've got it's got big big casting platform on it. They did some super awesome sea deck stuff. That's like got the map contour lines on it. Right. Sick. It's blue and gray. Nice. Um, But what I really like because. It's the storage on the back that slides in and out. Tons of storage as you can get to. It's got a great spot for a bucket, but they've got a raised console. Not like a raised console, just a console that's like four inches taller than normal. Because uh-huh. I'm a big dude. Right. And like, you know, it's like I'm always in a skiff. And I'm, it's like I'm in this tiny little compact thing, right? Right. And so it's got... Oh, you always like bent over. Like you always see guys driving side consoles or center console skiffs just like hunched over. Well, exactly. I mean, and, and, and that's why I always like a tiller, right, normally. But so yeah. I've got a center console. It's got their raised console. And the seat, instead of sitting on that, you know, back deck, it's kind of like a kind of like half of a leaning post. It's like elevated yeah. a little bit. Perfect, man. You're like you're up enough, but you're not it's not you're not raised up. It's not catching a lot of wind. Uh-huh. And um and so I mean I, I couldn't be happier with it. it. It looks great, the fit, the finish on it, everything looks sharp. Um, you know, I've got the lithium batteries, I've got the jack plate, you know, it's just it's it's how I wanted it. Yeah. You know. What's rod storage look like on it? Yeah, it's got um you know, enough room for four, uh, four, four rods uh, on the gunnels. Yeah, but it's got on that leaning post. It's got another four or five rod holders. Oh, nice. Up and down. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it and that's in the pictures if it had any on the back. Yeah, of the exactly. Post. And so that's there. It's like all the conventional stuff, all the kids stuff, you know, or wade fishing stuff. It gets there. It's out of the way. It's not in your client's way. It's behind you. Right. You know what I mean? You're not looking through like. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like every part of this, like all, like in the little stuff that they do, I'm like, that's what I like, you know? Yeah. And uh, the C deck's going to be new for me. Yeah. And, you know, I'd go all or nothing. Never had C deck before. And all of it's C deck. Right. C deck everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think what <laughs> the biggest challenge is going to be keeping it clean and keeping it looking good. Yeah. I, from what I, I mean, you know, and, and, I, and I always go with gray, I don't go with white, you yeah. know, because I think it reflects a little less sun. Um, from what I've read is that it'll wear out, you know, if you're pressure, if you're getting muddy and you're pressure washing, it'll wear out. And right. if you replace it, you got to go back with C-Deck hmm. versus, you, you know, you can't, it seems like it's a nightmare if you want to not do C-Deck. So I was like, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Like yeah. I'll probably fish with it for a year or two, sell it, you know, maybe I'll put new C-Deck on it, sell it or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And, um, so I like it. The blues is super cool blue. Um, I can't, I can't 
Can't wait. Suzuki. You know, I've been fishing with Suzuki's for a while now, so I've got that 60 horse Suzuki. It's got the cab plate. It's got trim tabs. You know, it's dude. I'm ready, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so that's that's super cool that Austin brought it down for you. Did they uh, did they do any fishing or or I think you said they were gonna maybe duck hunt. Yeah, they did. They 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 did. They I think they hunted both days. I think they did like a casting blast one day. I, I'm I'm sure they I'm sure they probably you know I'm sure it went on their socials and stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I think it was a little tough. <laughs> I know it was a little tough. Because it was weather, windy that weekend. Yeah, and, and we had just had one of the, the north wind, all the water. <laughs> I, I know they they had some some issues there. I mean, dude, the bays drained, yeah. and um, and it was windy. And so me and me and Hannah went down there, and we had you know, and we didn't finish all the work that from our trip when we went down there. So we had a lot of stuff to do anyhow, and we were we were working and taking care of stuff and it was just like man you know 30 mile an hour sustained winds like mm. on the new boat like i you know it's like i've had enough new boats at this point it's like oh we'll just wait yeah and uh and so we got it back to matagorda now so we'll be <clears throat> we'll be out on it you know this week and it'll be cool nice very cool yeah so that you talk about the wind we were down in arroyo city or actually i went down there uh, to meet up with the buck hook people that uh, I'm friends with, and they were planning a duck hunt, um, kind of fishing, cast and blast, you know, type of thing. But, you know, leading up to that weekend, we were also keeping an eye on the weather because it was looking like, I think 10 days out, it was saying 30 to 35 mile an hour with gusts to 45 yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, this might get pretty western pretty quick if we try to go duck hunt in the morning. <laughs> on saturday while that cool front's blowing through but i think i mean the wind's really tamed down especially getting down to south texas i think maybe the mid coast still had some good sustained winds like you're saying but we didn't end up having that strong wind i mean we had like what's normal for down there except for it was coming out of the north instead of the southeast um so i mean we had like 20 25 mile an hour winds saturday morning and then it shaped up to be a nice day uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, it definitely wasn't like you know, like take cover, you know, or yeah. like you know, and and I know the boat could have handled it, but it just it was you know we had so much to do, and it wasn't we, you know, unfortunately it takes a lot of little odds and ends to keep the fish camp going, you know, yeah, right, and uh, and so it was a good it was a good chance to get a lot of that that done. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, so yeah, our trip to Royal City, um, it, for the listeners that maybe haven't spent time in South Texas, Arroyo City is kind of like the midpoint between South Padre Island and Port Mansfield, right? Um, and it's super cool because you can get to, like if you take off from South Padre and you want to get to bays like Peyton's Bay or Rattlesnake Bay, you got to cross, you got to drive quite a ways from South Padre North to get up there and you got to cross maybe part of the open bay if it's windy you're gonna have to cross some chop or you're gonna have to you know just make a long run whereas you could just go around launch out of royal city and then you're you're in premier fishing flats you're you're by green island you're by 
Uh, well, yeah, you don't really yeah. have any of the big open bays. Right. That you got it. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. We we got a house out there. There was eight of us. Um, and um, another cool thing, I mean, about that whole area is you have the Laguna Atascosa National Wildlife Ref- Refuge. And so right now, a lot of people that have uh, put in for their hunts, they do a lottery hunt tag system. And so a lot of people that were hunting, there's two boat ramps, two boat ramp parking lots, and it's a state park. So you have to go in through the state park, um, pay your entry fee. You can have access to the boat ramps. They also have camping spots and stuff like that. But what a lot of the hunters do that have drawn their tags is they take kayaks or John boats or even like their bay boats and they'll launch on the Arroyo Park side and then they'll um, drive their boats or kayaks across the river and they'll just start like a trailhead start hunting on the north side of that refuge if they drew that zone that's cool because i've put in for those tags yeah like every year and i've never gotten one but yeah. Um, but yeah that's pretty cool no so my buddy Corey, he uh drew for uh archery exotic and he ended up putting an uh a um neil guy down um, he had one down and then he had a shot at another and ended up tracking it or trying to track it the next morning. Cause it was pretty late. The second one that he shot and then didn't end up finding a, a trail that he could put together. But, um, yeah, a lot of people do it. And over time, I guess a lot of people do it. The quotas I was, I, I've never put in for those tags and which is pretty amazing since I'm from down there. Um, but the pretty low quotas, I mean, for the year, uh 200 hunt authorizations um what is, what was it i had some notes here 35 for or sorry it's 200 for archery 35 for firearm and then 20 for alligator hunts so all so they it, let 200 people go after it with bows yeah what yeah and only 35 with rifles right is that because, like, of 200 with bows, the, the success ratio is just so much lower than the rifles? Or I think they just, I mean, the people that I know that have drawn the archery hunts have always filled a tag. So, I mean, it's doable. It's definitely, like, there's no, like, I don't know, maybe people take ground blinds in there and stuff. But, I mean, it's pretty much all spot and stock. So, you're, you're... Well, you're, I'm just, you know, I'm like... <clears throat> Uh, you know, I'm a pretty big rifle hunter because yeah. I just normally go to shoot stuff. And uh, you would think that, like, the government would split that up, you know? Like, why? Like, does the government say, like, you know what, we're going to do more archery hunts mm-hmm. than rifle hunts? Yeah. Like, how would they pick that? You I wonder if they do that because, the, I mean, that, that whole refuge isn't that big. And um, they have eight different zones or eight units. And... Um, I wonder if they just do that so that way they can hold more hunters at one time. But that's probably some like easily, ju- yeah, you know, and that that's a cop out because that that's like some easy. It's like oh, it's safer. This is for safety. Well, I mean, I tell you when I, I mean you look at the one uh, river edge and there's just like kayak, John boat, John boat, John boat, kayak, bay boat, bay boat, and they're just like anchored on the side of the river, and it's almost like five or ten people start on uh on on the trailhead you know if you're hunting public land so well i mean i don't know everyone starts in the same spot yeah no i would too i 
it looks like a lot of fun. Um, so, so how, so how, so how was the hunting and fishing out of there? It was good, man. We, uh, I got down there Thursday night and the plan was we were going to hunt Friday or we were going to fish Friday and then hunt Saturday and Sunday. And, um, I mean, I'm, I've, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm not big into duck hunting, but you know, I can shoot a shotgun and I can, you know, aim at birds and just tell me which one to shoot. Uh, I'm not big on identifying ducks, but I think, you know, down there you have, and I've learned a lot even over this trip, but redheads, bluebills, you get your occasional pintails and teal, uh, maybe a widgeon. And then they get some of the other ducks that maybe they don't see very often down there, canvasbacks and wood ducks. Um, but you know, from, from what we did, uh, the fishing was kind of slow on Friday. We went out, um, early, we drifted out by green Island and caught a couple trout. We, we'd made a run up in Peyton's Bay, which was pretty skinny. I mean, there wasn't that much water in there and that's probably the skinniest I've run my skiff because we had my skiff out there and then we also had a shallow sport classic 18. And and so you said you are drifting. So just all conventional spin rods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and top waters plastic. Yeah, plastics. Uh, I threw a top water for a while. I got one blow up, but no hookups on a top water. I mean, they were all, I mean, seriously, 14, 14 inch trout, 14 and a half inch trout. Um, we put two or three in the box, um, and then went looking for redfish back in some of the back bays, um, and saw some, um, but they were, it was kind of like slack tide midday. So there was no current moving. It was pre-front, so we were thinking maybe the fish were going to start biting, but they just, I mean, we fished till like 1 o'clock and then called it. But I did pull, there's some spoil islands on the south side of Arroyo. There's the bay called Rattlesnake Bay, and there's spoil islands all the way down the intercoastal. And um, I did pull down some of those uh, cuts in and out of the bay to the intercoastal. And, and I mean, there was fish laid up in there. There was uh, a couple redfish and a big trout, but just like put it right in front of their face and they were not interested in eating. So we called it on Friday and then went back. Um, but the hunting, um, Saturday, I mean the, the method of hunting we were doing, we were running out early in the morning, um, sitting in the mangroves on buckets, putting out a decoy spread. I mean, and, and where we were at, I'm to get to the spot where running and spit and then getting to where a spot where it holds water where you can get up and out um and so kind of back out of the bay uh more towards the mainland and then um i mean we had ducks flying both days um and got i guess i don't know if we got there was eight or ten of us we didn't get full limits for everybody but i know i shot my limit both days of redheads bluebill um i shot a pintail um, and, um, I, I guess, uh, widgeon, but so it was pretty, it was super cool. The Saturday morning it was windy. Um, but I mean, I guess duck hunters like wind to, to some extent and the ducks didn't seem to mind it. I mean, I took binoculars and you can see out in those skinny bays. I mean, there's just hundreds of ducks floating in rafts and, yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you just sit there waiting, waiting, waiting to see if they're going to come up, and then you got the flocks flying over and stuff like that, but, um, no, it was super cool. I mean, I think if that, if, if duck hunting was that, and it was like 20 minutes away from here, I think I'd get 
decoys and I'd get set up to do that because I mean, it's like, it's, it's easy to do that versus like get on, you know, get a lease or get a guide, go out to a flooded field, get carted out there in a, in a buggy or a ranger with a trailer or a sled with all your stuff. And then, you know, go, you know, go on a guided type of thing versus, you know, just chunking all your stuff out in front of the mangroves and sitting on a bucket and and doing it that way see i mean that's how i i kind of grew up you know i i like i enjoyed the smaller spreads you know generally stuff we could pack but but i like you know i like you know i like i like hunting on the prairie i like hunting fresh water mm-hmm. you know the potholes and stuff like that um yeah you know but you know the the base too for sure and the access that we had that we could walk into mm-hmm. and when you could kind of put everything on your back and you go walk in that was that was yeah. one, that was my favorite you know like christmas bay and stuff like that when i was in high school and um and you could you could do that and you could sit you know sit in the grass and and i always really really enjoyed that and then it got too much for me and um and 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 I got burnt out of it for sure, and it gets a lot, and and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's it's I mean nothing. You know, like it's a year long obsession, right? And it starts with your dog, and and mm-hmm. everything that you do to it, and 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 it's really cool, but I guess my attention span's too short, or or, or something. You know what I mean? And that's why that's why I loved where you could just where you could just you could just go, you know, with a real light, yeah. small spread, real light load. You don't need a whole much. And you're getting, you're picking up, you know, no dog. Did y'all have a dog? No. Yeah, you're getting your own birds. No. Um, and I mean, Jason and, and the buck hook guys, they've got a couple of the guys, Ruben and Willie, they've got dogs that are pretty new mm-hmm. I and mean, they're still learning this season, but they weren't out there. Um, they've talked about them a little bit on their previous hunts, but um, no, we were just walking out and, and picking and retrieving birds and bringing them back. So it was uh pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's cool, man. Well, I mean, it's good though, dude. You know, it's like, um, it's like, yeah, dude, like I got my duck pond. They like filled up, you know, and, and, and I like, and I haven't even hunted my duck pond this year. It's like a, it's like a nature park. It's like a nature reserve preserve, which is odd for me because I like hunting and fishing uh-huh. and shooting stuff. But, right. um, but but yeah, you know it's it's cool and I and I think you know my goal is to get something to where I can walk out there with my. I mean this is selfish. This is mine. This isn't like guiding trips out there or nothing. You know what right. I mean? And I want to get where I can walk out there and like throw a few decoys, uh-huh. like a very few, and like sit down in the in the in the reeds and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's how I want my kids to experience it mm-hmm. for the first off, and. Um, and and so that you know that's kind of a little pet project of mine in, in Matagorda, you yeah. know, at a ranch. And um, and uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's good. It's fun. Like you said, you were looking at those birds, you know, and 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 it's it's definitely like if you don't, if you're like oh, I don't like hunting or I don't do ducks or I only fish, or if you're like I only hunt and I don't fish, it's like it's just part of the base system that you got to do because if not, you're missing a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big thing. Like today and my work schedule has been crazy and this is not a podcast to talk about my work, but my work is so insane. I probably should have a podcast just <laughs> for my work. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, like I was and I, and I'm going crazy, but I was like, 
fuck it. We gotta go down to the ranch. And I go down there and um and I take a meeting just standing in between my two duck ponds uh-huh. and watching pintails just get up, sit down, get up, sit down. Yeah. Get up, sit down. Then some teal, you know. And um and it's like, man. That that's why I do it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it it's cool. Like I love seeing those birds. You know, and I'm far from a birder. Or yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't go bird watching. But it's I think the ducks are cool because at least then you connect it with hunting, right? Eating. You know, like a food source, and 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 they're 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 real cool. Yeah. Well, and on your your own personal duck pond, you probably won't wouldn't experience what we experienced on the second day, which was. We'd, we'd been sitting on the backside of mangroves that was not adjacent to a pre-existing blind. And then the second morning, we I guess in the evening, we sat for a little while and watched birds and their patterns and where they were flying. And, we, and the next morning, we got to the spot and said, well, if we face the main bay, you know, I think that's where the birds are going to be flying rather than where we were considering sitting from the morning prior and but the only problem is there's a blind sitting there, and two blinds actually, and uh, and the guys Jason and those guys knew those blinds you know have have looked in them before, seen guides use them before. I mean that to the point where that has a chain link gate on the side of the blind. It's it's secured. It's locked, um, and it's like there's a there's a laminated paper in there that says uh this is uh so and so's blind and his phone number and call me if uh you have any problems or something like that and uh and so we're like man it's already like past shooting light and i guess the what the rule of thumb is like you can technically like if you're in the bay and there's just like a you know, an elevated blind with a two by four and maybe it's brushed up a little bit. Like if no one's there 30 minutes after shooting light, it's a like, Wait, so you have a rule of thumb because, well, no, I mean, I, I don't just, think there is a rule. I think it's, it's good, dude. God, dog it. Like, especially in Rockport, man, it's the wild west. Yeah. Um, but, but this is interesting. I, no, I appreciate hearing your take on it. So so keep going. I don't I don't mean to like so keep No, going. yeah, no. So we we didn't want to obviously uh, for one on public land, public waters, you can't own a piece of the land. I mean, so locking a piece is like saying this is my section. No one can get in it. Don't touch it, don't look at it, don't even think about it. And so we didn't. I mean, we're not going to jump the gate or pop the lock or sit in there. I mean, like, you don't need to. Sit next to the mangroves. The ducks don't see you. I mean, like, it's we shot plenty of ducks the morning before, so it's like, okay, well, guy's not here. Nobody seems to be coming down the bay. Let's just sit next to, because we wanted to just sit in the vicinity where we parked the boats. So we'll just sit in the mangroves next to the blind. Okay, good deal. I mean, it's already like so. Well, let's let's back it up because I I, I want to get a good picture because yeah. I'm very interested. This is this is something that that um, I often think about. A lot of people deal with. I had a lot of people and guide friends and non guide friends are actually complaining more this year, maybe mm-hmm. than I've. That it seemed like more than previous years. Yeah. So where y'all were at? Um, is this like a big? open flat is it yeah. a smaller body what big open flat? yeah oh yeah 
And so, and there's two and, blinds. And how far are the blinds off of the mangroves? They're on the mangroves. They're, they're on, the on mangroves. land. Yeah, I mean, it's and technically how, on a high tide. It'd be like in water, but barely. And so, what what's keeping you from going a hundred yards on the other side of that blind? Nothing. Nothing. And so, and then two hundred yards on the other side of that blind. Like yeah. it's just a big shoreline, and uh-huh. you. Could, yeah, and, but but you said that this and there's blind, two blinds sitting kind of pretty much next to each other within like 25 yards of each other, and they both have that uh-huh. chain link gate yeah. on them. Yeah, they're both built by the same guy. Um. So, but why was that? I mean, they put those, they put the effort in those blinds. So I'm assuming there's some, there's a reason why. Why was why were those blinds where they were, and why did you want to be where those blinds are? I guess they built those blinds because that shoreline of that like edge of the bay was kind of bare there's not that many mangroves where those blinds were built and then just to the right side of that blind there was plenty of mangroves where i mean we sat eight people and we were each covered up by mangroves Mm -hmm. so i mean i imagine that's probably i mean facing the one direction you have the birds flying that path at some point well well, i'm just i'm trying to dig in a little bit right here because Trust me, I don't side with the um, like ownership of blinds. Right. Um, but I, I'm really, really curious as to like why wouldn't why did y'all pick that spot and why not 50 yards further down? Yeah. So we just mainly because we'd parked our boat where we were the morning before. There's so there's a, like a deep slough mm-hmm. that you run across six inches of of water and then you hit this channel, mm-hmm. and in that channel is is ideal to park because you can get up and out when you're done right Uh and so the further you go down from that blind the further you are from the boat the further you're carrying 125 decoys the further you're carrying all your stuff so if there's nobody sitting there close to that channel yeah so there if there's nobody in those blinds it's like well why carry all our stuff so you would have to like walk past the blinds. oh yeah so so you're so where you're at and where you can get the boats in and you're already running very skinny and you're from South Texas, so your comfort level of running skinny is probably on the, you know, more comfortable than like someone from Florida that's very, you know, oh yeah, very sensitive of their grass flats, right? So let's say like, all right, I get it. That's really the only spot you can go to, right? Yeah. And and you say, all right, we're here. So were y'all already set up and y'all moved to that spot, or y'all were just getting out there after shooting light? We were getting out there. Okay, so y'all are just saying, all right. We're a little late. Surely, if they were hunting this, they would already be here. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And, I mean, we'd sat there. We were, we already shot a couple birds, had all our spreads out. And then, like, 745 rolls around. And this airboat starts coming down the shoreline. And I'm looking at it. We're all looking at it. We're going, surely that's not. That guy's not trying to come and get in these two blinds. Like, surely not. And he's got a boat. He's got three other people on the boat. And uh, sure enough, comes right up the shoreline, uh, shuts down on top of the decoys in the airboat, and uh, stands up and, and starts asking questions. He, you know, he's like, you know, who are you guys? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you out here. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're not being controversial with them. It's like, you know, we set up here. We didn't think anybody was going to come to these blinds. It's seven forty-five. I don't know 
you know, we we're not in your blind if this is your blind. And, uh, and, you know, he starts asking, well, I've never seen you guys out here. And I mean, Jason and, and our guys, they've been hunting, duck hunting ever since they were kids, right? Sure. I mean, I mean y'all grew up there. Yeah. Sure. And so he, it starts becoming like this, like pissing match is like, oh, well, we've been hunting here for 20 years. And then he get he's like, oh, well, I've been hunting out here for 35 years and I've never seen you guys out here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are we are we serious right now? Like, was it, is this what we're doing? Well, my my dad's been hunting out here for forty years. I was, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was, and and so then he finally real. I mean, I guess uh, like if he really wanted us to, we'd pick up our entire spread and move down. Or even like if you want to sit in the blind, like our spread's not in front of the blind. Even it's like if you want to park it and hunt with us, sure, whatever. I don't care. And, uh, but he, I don't know, he was just kind of like irritated and you could tell he's, he's a guide and he like, you know, wants to make sure that no one's messing with his stuff. And, uh, he even was like, okay, well, and he's got other blinds down in back further in the bay and he's on an airboat. So it's like, he can get to spots that we weren't going to get to. And, um, so before he leaves, he's like, okay, well, just make sure you guys don't make a mess. Pick up all your trash, this and that. And it's like, now you're our dad, and you're gonna tell us how to act out in the bay. Like, oh, we're... <laughs> don't don't get me started about picking up trash. Um, good God. But um, but yeah, no, and that's that's the crazy part. And and I think where y'all are at, if if you know y'all y'all don't have it as bad as it is in some other areas, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. But, but, um, that is interesting. So you, so they were going, so he had clients and he was going to hunt. Mm-hmm. That, that is strange too, that he we wondered have, if his clients were just late. His clients might've been late. Yeah. yeah. But, but that is also strange too, because being a guide and, you know, and I understand that and I've never been a guide that's like waves my fist in the air. That's like, Oh, these people, you know, I used to come out here and. Cause trust me, I've seen a lot of stuff change, you know, and um, and it's just it's strange to me that he would even go to a spot that a bay boat could get access. to. Right, exactly. You know, and that, well, and that's, well, it's my thought exactly. Cause you're an airboat. Why not build your blinds where people can't get to and you yeah. can? I mean, there's not really his, that many airboats sure. down and in South Texas. Sure, and it's his right to do yeah. it any to hunt anywhere, just like it's your right to. Right. But you know, like I say, and that's that's something why I always spend the extra money and I have these new boats and top of the line boats and cool equipment, and I always try to go a little farther. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that and that's how I run my business too, right? But so that's strange because yeah, it's like all right, you're here. You have never hunted there before. Mm-hmm. Friends have, you know, but like y'all are clearly doing something a little different, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, I, just, I mean, I've, you know, I grew up in the bays, and I and I'm still always constantly trying stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and so and and that seems to me that seems on par. And trust me, I, I've been on every level of this, right? I've been to 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 bay stuff, to to you know, refuge walk-in spots to where you're like you walk you know where you're like walking in at midnight you know to sit up on a one acre pond mm-hmm. and uh and um and someone comes and sets up on that same pond 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, you're sitting there for like four hours in the dark, and then right at shooting light, someone comes and sets up, and you're and you're just like so mad. You like don't even know what to do. But but what can you do? And that and that's the thing about like public hunting, you know. Right. Honestly, I've been like in the fog, like big boggy. Mm-hmm. I've done that, and maybe in less than an acre pond, dude, like a fucking postage stamp pond, right? Yeah. Like your goddamn decoys are almost touching, and all of a sudden, like a bird comes in, and you're like, oh, it's coming, and then you just hear like crack crack, and you're like, what the? And you like stand up. And there's someone else that stands up, and you're like, <laughs> "What? How did this happen?" You know what I mean? But how did we not see each other? Oh, exactly. Like, trust me, I've been through every level of this, and um, but it's it's interesting. You know, I, I like to hear your take, and, and I like to hear your thoughts. I I have some kind of some strong opinions about airboats. Uh-huh. You know, I've voiced them before. They're the f- most fun thing they're an amazing tool i love to be in them you know but uh-huh. i just think it's it's one of those it's just one of those weird things that it's like it's hard for people to talk about you know right and i think like next on the list is duck blinds yeah in the in the marsh right so as, as far as controversial topic, <clears throat> topics and yeah I, I don't know i i had a good experience with it i think uh, outside of that i mean um but I think I would do that again. I mean, the guys that were, we were, I had my boat, right? But we didn't take my boat duck hunting. We had DJ's boat, Captain Caveman on Instagram. And then we had Matt's boat. And um, it's a shallow sport. And then a, a 1988 Dargo is what uh, DJ runs. And um, so it, what was interesting, and, and he run. I mean, he captains all over South Pot, Lower Laguna Madre. And um, no no GPS, running out of the Arroyo with a spotlight on the top of the tower and just looking for markers coming out of the channel. Turn. We know where we're going. I mean, he, he's been to this spot several times. Cut through the bay, looking for different uh, landmarks with the light. And then, I mean, I can hear him. I mean, as a captain, he's calling out. And this is just like second nature to him. But I found it interesting and like observed what he was saying. It was like, okay, here's the point. Here's the here's the point on the left side. Uh, here shortly, we're gonna have to make a left turn. And then, you know, we had two other guys on the boat with me and and DJ. And he said, "All right, get back here behind the the helm. Uh, we're gonna make a left turn. I'm gonna need your weight over here." And he's he's like, "Okay, coming up on it, coming up on it. Hard left turn." And so he's going left turn, and then we shut down in that channel, and like all that no gps just like just knowledge of the area and landmarks and light points yeah that's cool no i I like to see that stuff now too for sure but so so he knew that those those duck blinds were there then right Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay he and he wanted to get in that channel and that kind of gets to my point on these duck blinds is that like that that spot right there is a spot that bay boats can get in and out of, right? You know what I mean? Like you can shut down in that spot, right? So by placing a blind there, are you saying like this is my spot, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or are you saying like this little four by six, four by eight, four by whatever it is? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is my spot, you know. And and that's what's weird to me 
um, you know, if you, it's like, if I, it's like, if we go to the beach, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, say we're going to, like, take the kids surfing. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and we're going to my favorite spot, and, and it's heavily populated by non-surfers, right? And we get out there, and we're like, ugh, look at this eyesore. Look at these canopies that these people left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And there's not, there, I, I don't know, maybe correct, send me an email if you're like, ah, it's, they should leave those canopies torn down on the beach. You know, <laughs> I like trash in my coastal areas, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's people like that, but so I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh, that's a that's a good thing. Like, we're seeing good use cases, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but duck blinds are, in every state, from dilapidated to very well taken care of. You know what right, I mean? Right. And so it's like, is that, is that, like, how do you address that? How do you, how do you talk about that? How do you do that? And then what do those duck blinds mean? Does that mean, you know, that, like, that little channel for bay boats, you know, that have probably been, you know, all right, that little deep spot, you know, I hate to break it to you, but, you know, it's probably, you You know, y'all have been using it for 20 years. This guy's been using it for 35 years. I guarantee somebody's been using it for 45 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, where do you, where do you, where do you draw that line at, too? And, and that's always interesting. I, I wish I knew. Did you, you didn't do the research? Like, I did. I, I mean, I looked up, and Texas Parks Wildlife doesn't really have a defined, published, like, there's not laws around it i mean just basically says that you are allowed to build a structure and everything around the use of that structure is like courtesies developed courtesies and etiquettes developed by the users the hunters there's no laws that say you know thou shall only build a four by six structure unobstructed to the user type of thing well, but my question like at what point do you need a permit right you know what I mean? Like, yeah. to, if is it a cat? Like, you just can't sleep in your duck blind? Is that the rule? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you know? And and that's and that's what's always. That's what makes it tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. If one of our listeners has a reference to, like, the legalities of structures built on public land and usage, then that would be awesome. I mean, and it kind of ties to. If you if you looked at it from a fishing sense, right? Like, if I find a great fishing hole out in the middle of the bay, and I build a small pier over it, and expect people not to fish that area, is like kind of the same concept, right? No, I agree. And like, and too, so from my point of view too, like, let's say I I park my boat somewhere, you know, and I get out and wade fish. I don't want someone to think they have the right to sit in my boat <laughs> when I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's definitely like, I don't have, like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, you shouldn't have duck blinds, you shouldn't have this. Yeah. But also too, it's like, who, like, is it the first person that, that drove a T-post gets to mark that spot? You know what I mean? Right. And so then do I get to mark my fishing spots? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, do I, and then I get to come back the next day? Because that that's what irks me, is like, all right, we've got these limited number of permits, you know, we've got this, this really weird system to where we don't have, you know, these new permits, and you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, so, all right, we're away from that, so it's it's a free-for-all, right? But, but why does that, why do you get to stake territory on that aspect and maybe not something else, you know? Yeah. 
and it's just strange and 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 then when you talk about the trash you know Mm -hmm. because like is he pulling those blinds up every year no you know like you know and it's like they're good looking blinds i mean don't get me wrong they they did them right yeah they got them they got them built for at least four or five hunters and they've got a section that's built for like the dog kennel and just like the dog shoot i mean it's like well but but that's my point too it's like if you're like sure they're probably great blinds but it's like if you're not hunting or if you're you're like it's still it's still not out there not natural right you know what i mean yeah and so it's just it's a weird thing and and i and i don't i'm not i'm definitely not advocating saying we shouldn't be able to have blinds right yeah and and that's and that was a lot of you know a lot of the the wildlife refuges that we used to hunt on you couldn't have blinds you had to like sit in the grass or whatever you yeah. know what I mean and well I'll tell you you and, can do it just sit behind a mangrove with your little with your bucket well and... except down there there's not a lot of mangroves that you can hide behind yeah <laughs> and uh, but but yeah you know it, it's just it's always interesting and trust me man it's I've heard of. This year, I mean, dude, like blinds getting burned down. Lots oh, yeah. of blinds getting burned down this year. Yeah, and and it's just. I mean, and when you start getting into that, and and borderline, what we experienced with him coming up in front of our spread after shooting light is like borderline hunter harassment. But there's also hunter harassment on the on the frame of if you start burning down blinds and stuff like that. Like that's that's obstruction and and hunter. Oh, harassment I, I mean, well. I agree. I mean, if he, you know, it's like. You know, he came up on y'all while you're hunting, yeah. right? Like, it's a it's a weird, it's a weird weird topic. And you get into trash, you get into auto loader shotguns. And granted, trust me, I I try to be as good, but it's like you know, it's it's just we're we're walking such a fine line already on yeah. a public resource. And and to tie it back around that, and that's why I feel like this is second on the airboat thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like if we were going to lose something, if sportsmen are going to lose something, like it's going to be on this front. Yeah. Just like my fear with airboats, like if we're going to lose something, it's going to be it's going to have to do with airboats right now and how we're utilizing the bays mm-hmm. on airboats. Yeah. You know. And, and that's why I think it's good to talk about it. I think it's good, you know, maybe somebody will weigh in, you know. A lot of people, you know, when you, we talk about wade fishing, it, I feel like it's a broken record or I hear, hear it on everybody's podcast. You know, it's like, how far is, you know, far enough? Is it 100 yards? Is it 500? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, and, and you know, maybe, maybe it's the same thing on duck hunting too. And I don't really, you know, hear that as much, but, but it's there. You know, it's got to be talked about. It's got to be addressed. Yeah. And and then, too, it's like at what point, you know, it's like those blinds are probably done right. He probably does a good job. But now what happens if it's a pallet and four T-posts? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the same deal? You know what I mean? Is <laughs> right. that is that the same? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm sure I'll do more duck hunting in my lifetime and have more experiences like that, you know, something similar to that. But I don't see myself going out. I mean, I'm I'm not definitely not an avid duck hunter by any means at this point. So I don't see myself going out and building a blind preemptively before season and like setting up on a good flight path. And but I did have a good time. I, I enjoyed the experience for sure. I'll definitely do it again. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what it's about. And that's what we want it to be 
you know, and, and trust me, that's what I want it to be about. And I, and I don't know, I feel like, you know, I feel like I can kind of lean towards that more controversial side, yeah. you know, on this aspect, just like with airboats, you know, right. like I do, but, but, um, but I tell you what, like if you're in my duck blind, I'm going to shoot you, but that's my property. <laughs> so I probably won't. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a little different story. A <laughs> roll up on somebody sitting back in your backside. <laughs> but no. um, yeah, if you're in mine and and you're not supposed to be, you're poaching. So <laughs> yeah. Well, to move away from that, I mean, I think we're going to be pushing an hour and a half or more podcasts, but uh, I think we've got a lot of good content here. Um, anything, anything, a note for Matagorda? I know you just came back from there today. Yeah, we talked a little bit the about the duck pond and the barn. How's that? Still working on the barn. Yeah. Um, duck pond's looking great. Like I said, I, I've been watching the birds fly. I haven't really, I haven't hunted it yet. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about doing it when when Austin brought the skiff, but we, we went to Rockport instead. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, dude, it's cool. I mean, this morning I was, um, I kind of like sketched out a five mile little loop on my bike, dirt bike. Uh huh. So I've been like, with work being as crazy as, as it is, I've been kind of like doing that. I'm like, you know what? The motocross track's cool, but what would be cooler is something bigger. <laughs> And um, so, like, all the way around, yeah, kind of down and back to the river, yeah. you know. And uh, and then, like, I was like working on shooting range, not uh-huh. like starting, like, I wanted to like start like building my berm, so I'm gonna incorporate it into the, the dirt bike track so I can like save dirt, you know, and time. Yeah. So, I've been like, I've been getting sidetracked on some of that stuff. So, but, like, what kind of range on a shooting range 500? <clears throat> well. So a I've thousand. got a pretty good spot for like fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, but right off my back porch, shooting off the off the front of this property back towards. Well, the I, no, I had to get. I want to get off the house a little bit for the long range shots. But off the back porch, I've got about two hundred and fifty yards, and so at that two hundred and fifty yard mark, I want to build like a bigger berm for like pistols. And, um, you know, more close quarter stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I want to be able to shoot from my back porch. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to set that up. And then I'm, I'm going to probably move over. And then and I probably set up another, like, long-range one. But, yeah, you know, just nice. just tinkering. Just building stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so I know that we both share... And this is totally random, but I know we both share the love of some good Lay's barbecue twist chips. Oh uh, no, you're the Fritos. Yeah, or Fritos. Well, owned by yeah, yeah, Lays. they're yeah. Lay's. The, the honey, yeah, of course, everybody does. So it's like it's like the 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 blue honey honey twists, right? And they only and it's like the smallest quantities that they keep, but they're the best chips. Yeah, and so you like have to like look for them. <laughs> Yeah, everybody. They're the most yeah, this is totally random. So, uh, this is more of an informational for our listeners. If you ever, and I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but if you ever have opened a bag of your like you're just waiting to enjoy the best set of chips that you've had after a long day of fishing or hunting or a road trip or whatever it is, and you ever opened a bag and reached down in there and pulled out a chip, put it in your mouth. And it's flavorless, just no flavor 
whatsoever. Like, it's like they forgot to send them through the seasoning section of the was, plant. Was it salty still? Nope. Just like plain no. corn chip <laughs> in the shape of a twisty, what should be honey barbecue. Planes. You just, have the Frito planes. Just, yeah. And yeah, so uh, Frito Lay has a contact me complaint section on their website if this ever happens to you i was skeptical but my the buddy of mine that was in the truck with me he goes no they they take quality control very seriously go on their website i'm sure they're gonna send you Wait, some your free friend stuff. said that yeah. <laughs> your friend he said hold on hold on no no, no. I, know, I was just I gonna know lays <laughs> i was i was just gonna deal with it and they're like no no this is not acceptable and so, yeah, no, go on their website. If you have a problem with a Frito-Lay product, they do have a form you can fill out. You actually can even send them pictures of the chip with, <laughs> without seasoning. And uh, sure, is not, sure enough, they sent two. Uh, they t- I'm holding up these two coupons. They've got, like, gold glitter on them. What? And they're worth uh, $4.99 per per coupon and that's what they sent in a letter that said basically we're sorry for the inconvenience and uh, we hold quality control very high standards and take this as a token of back to what gas station it was it was on our way back from venice actually oh um because you ought to go back to that gas station and you should go grab a bunch of them you should and then put it on ebay and like be like and be like you've got a chance i don't know but you've got a chance to have totally flavorless fritos <laughs> uh, that's hilarious because actually i i remember a time now um as it was my uh, my cousin yeah i don't remember yeah it was, so I, I was in high school this is like before the internet I mean, I guess probably not before the internet, but before, like, it was, like, on your phone. You know what I mean? Before dial-up. Or, well, it was, yeah. like, during dial-up. During dial-up. And um, he had, like, a really bad Whataburger. Uh-huh. And I guess it just, like, something about it clicked. He's like, dude, I'm fucking calling. <laughs> <laughs> and he called them, and they mailed him a free Whataburger certificate. Coupon, yeah. You know what I mean? And he and he was like, look at this. You know what I mean? I was like, what? There's no way. And uh, But that's hilarious. That's, yeah. That's no, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, good customer service keeps you coming back. So I'll go buy another bag of Frito Lay chips. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. I guess. And to continue uh, getting into it, um, do we have any updates? Untamed updates. We sure do. We have. So we went out there and we built a, a front gate section, right? I think. Uh, what was the total length on that? Probably uh, 120 feet, something like that. 160 yeah, feet, something like 50 that. 50 feet. Yeah, so we did. We went out there and did that. So we got a nice, uh, nice front addition to the property, and then well, we built half of it. Well, yeah, we still need the corral boards, but yeah, I mean, we've got the posts. I've so. already got some compliments from uh, the guy that comes out and cuts our yard. Um, yeah. You know, our well, it looks cleaning good because yeah. we went with the bigger posts. That's why I said like it, it looks fine as it is right now. Yeah, um, and we use a little bit of a stretch of it because you were only there for one day. I was there. <laughs> but, for um, the most important day but but yeah and, and that and on, and actually that was before we got the skiff and so me and hannah were out there finishing up some of the stuff to get the job halfway done yeah but it was needed um i think i don't know if we're just getting more traffic or whatnot but but now it's like guest only yeah otherwise you have to drive through this like 
10 inch wood post right (laughs) (laughs) you gotta put in some effort if you want to get in though because it's wild right like we would show up there and we'd be like who's driving through our yard right you know what i mean or or we would just be there working and somebody would just drive in drive around look around yeah it it it, the fish camp got maybe a little too commercial or something i don't know yeah, but I, I think people just felt like they're just being nosy, and they're like, "I can go be nosy," and, you know, less like a residence and more go like look a, around a hotel or something. But anyhow, so yeah. we gotta keep the riffraff out. Yeah, no. So we did that, and then uh, we talked about it on previous episode. But on the fly magazine has released their tenth annual, uh, ep- their tenth annual edition, which we have an article in, right? So. We had those guys out there, and and uh, they stayed and kind of wrote wrote a nice piece on the property and and cool. And so know. it's like in the magazine. Yeah, it looks great, dude. Yeah. It looks great, and I'd be and you know honestly, the um, what's cool and to to uh, you know is that like that's something like they you know you know, we 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 know these guys, but they're not like our friends. We weren't asking for a favor, right? Right. Like they recognize, they're like, hey, that looks cool. That could be good for a magazine. Um, it's not paid because trust me, like I've had, I had two people ask me too. They were like, how much does that cost? Mm-hmm. I'm like, how much does it cost? What? Yeah. And I'm like the magazine subscription. I was like, I don't remember. I, I put on my credit card. You know, it's like yeah. go to their website. And they're like, no, how much does it cost me to get that ad? And I'm like, oh, nothing. Yeah. No, you know, that, that's I mean, cool. So I, I appreciate that from them. Yeah. Right. And and um and and it's valuable to us as well. But I I hope it shows people that, uh, you know, hey, dude, like the, this was built for fishermen. Right. Yeah, and it's their fall issue, twenty um, ninth issue that they've put out. So you can go on their on their website on theflymagazine dot com and see digital, uh, version of each of their issues. Um, but I highly recommend if you want. It's a nice coffee table print magazine that has things about duck hunting, um, anything wing shooting, fly fishing, perfect for the coffee table, perfect gifts. Go out and, and get you an issue, get you a subscription. I mean, these guys are, are stand up. They've got lots of good content in there, so for sure hit them up on the fly magazine. Um, but I think with that, um, let's get into... Main content. Believes. Main content as in your trip? My trip. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which you should have you been want on. To talk about you it. should have oh man. It was so like like I mentioned before, uh my wife and I we we were able to sneak away to Ambergris Key in San Pedro Belize. And um, you know, Belize is on the Yucatan Peninsula. It's on the east side borders. Uh, Mexico, and they've got, I mean, within that country, they've got rainforest, mountains, they've got Caribbean coastline, right? And so that's what, that's what we went for. We went for the, the key, uh, go flats fishing. Well, y'all, y'all went to an island, right? Yeah. Flew in straight to an island. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we flew into Belize city and that's an international flight from Houston to Belize city is like two hours direct flight. And then from there, you have two options. You can take a ferry to any of the keys, or you can take a puddle jumper, which is 
a 15 minute flight from the international airport to wherever you're going. So we went to Ambergiski, um, 15 minute flight. You, you're looking over crystal clear Caribbean flats as you're cruising across. And, uh, I think if you took the ferry, it's like a hour, 90 minutes, something like that boat ride from because the, they're, they're Island hopping. Yeah. 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 So they're going to key Cocker first and then they're going to San Pedro and then whatever else stop they make. But, yeah, no, super cool getting there. I mean, very easy, super doable for anybody that's looking to go go on like a weekend trip. We spent we spent uh Friday through or Thursday through Sunday, so four days technically. Um, but um, you know, kind of travel in, travel out type of thing. And um but overall, I mean it's a cool place because they've got resident bonefish tarpon and permit. They've got migrating tarpon through there um, in the right season, summertime, you know, June, July, August, September. Um, and then they have a big bonefish back. Are you sure they have migrating tarpon? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the summertime? Yep. Where are the tarpon coming from? I didn't dig into it too much, but the guides we were with, they, the big, the big, schooling tarpon migrating tarpon that come through are coming through between june and september october well i mean there's a lot that we don't know about tarpon yeah it seems interesting because that's when they are migrating up here yeah well and i don't know what migration path they take around the yucatan or if they're coming like in september october if they're coming back down this way from uh whatever wherever it is if they're coming across from florida or if they're coming down yeah i mean hey you know maybe don't don't i'm not an expert but from the experts that i talk to it's always been that tarpon winter in the yucatan Mm -hmm. and you know in, in the summer they go to the mississippi river basically yeah louisiana delta and uh and and that's why we get them on the way that's why basically we have kind of the whole summer tarpon season ish you know into late into the late you know almost late fall mm-hmm. right because we kind of we get them both ways yeah but um but yeah that's interesting yeah so they've got um big bonefish too i mean we we came in to we came in on the backside of a whole bunch of rain <laughs> And then it was supposed to rain after we left too. So we kind of came in on a pocket of no rain. And uh, what that did was it it uh, freshened up a bunch of the back lagoons where the big bonefish usually hang out. And so we found bonefish on the flats, but uh, apparently a lot of the big bones are hanging back in the back lagoons, which like you, we, we did go back in there and they had so much rain that all that water looked kind of like orange tint to it because it was so fresh from all the rain. Um, and so you mean the guide was like, Oh man, you should have been here yesterday. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. It was almost like, uh, you should come not this weekend. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it was, uh, so we went, uh, so the plan was we were going to go with a, a guide at, from a company called Go Fish Belize, and they're a local family that started this guide business. I mean, they like live live and breathe fishing, it, previous generation and generations, and um, 
the guide we had, his name was Carlos. But what's cool about there is like any any excursion, not only go fish Belize, but any excursion that you take, I mean, there's docks up and down the island. And so wherever you're staying, nearest dock, you just go out, tell, like if you're going snorkeling or you're going offshore fishing or whatever, they just come pick you up on the end of the dock. I mean, they'll, they'll just like anchor out and wait for you. And they may not know exactly what dock you're on. You just go walk out to the dock and they'll, you just like wave at the person and be like, I'm over here. And they come pick you up. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so, but yeah, we, uh, the plan was after we got on the boat, it was like, all right, we're going to go back, um, not towards the reef, but back towards the mainland. And there's a, a flat called Savannah flats and, uh, they're running pongas, um, with big decks on the front. Right. And, um, uh, we're fly fishing. So the, the plan was we're going to target tarpon first early in the morning and then go for bonefish and then if we see a permit then we'll we'll try to get a shot at a permit um so that's what we started doing I mean, we cruised across the bay got to the flat i mean it's blowing 25 miles an hour so that's like the conditions are windy mm-hmm. and uh we had rain coming up before we got there it's windy as heck 25 30 miles an hour and then um i mean we we're starting to we start off drifting a flat and there's a big flat, the Savannah Flats is a big flat that, that spans across, and there's a couple of channels that cut the flat. And so we started drifting across the flat, and we got up to the channel, and then we uh, pulled down um, and then started watching that channel. And, um, and we're looking for tarpon kind of coming up off through the channel onto the flat. And so we had a, I had a shot at two tarpon, and the first tarpon, I didn't really get a good shot at. The second one, I saw, I mean, it's like, it's, it was an adjustment a couple different ways. One adjustment was trying to understand what I was looking for when we were cruising across the flat. And we're kind of coasting pretty quick. And so it's like, what I know I'm looking for shadows. I know how to look for redfish. I know how to look for trout. Tarpon, bonefish. I know I'm looking for a fish, but I don't exactly know what it looks like in that well, crystal clear and, water. And you're really looking for shadows, right? Because well, where we're at, fish light up, mm-hmm. red fish light up, right? You know what I mean? But a bonefish and a tarp in there is very camouflaged. Right. And um, and so once we got up to that sandbar coming into the channel, we posted up, started watching, watching, watching. We saw a tarpon come up. One, the first shot was pretty much out of range, and the second one, that tarpon was coming down that sandbar. And so I was, like, prepping, getting ready, made a good cast, and then started stripping. And the guy's up on the platform, and he's telling me, you know, he's kind of, he's coaching me. He's strip, 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 you know, let it sit, let it sit. And I'm watching that tarpon, I mean, and it comes, and I'm stripping as fast as I can because that tarpon's attacking the fly, and uh trying to get it to to a hook set and i mean we're we're 20 30 feet from the boat and uh that tarpon's mouth is coming out of the water oh wide open bucket mouth coming out of the water after that fly and um i i messed up the the strip and brought the fly out of the 
out of the water and then try to set it back down. And then I, Emily was with us on the boat and she was, she started taking a video as I was stripping the line, trying to get that tarpon to eat. And, um, you could just see in that, uh, in that video, the, the guide is standing next to me. He's coaching me, coaching me. And then sees that tarpon turn. And I mean, it's just like the most disappointed, disheartened guide, reaction you he's standing there and he turns around looks at the bottom of the boat and shakes his head it's like god <laughs> it's like it's like so disappointed in the whole thing and i was like yeah so that was my first true like shot at a 60 plus pound tarpon and just totally muddied it up just screwed it up big time and it's like conditions aren't great now i'm like all right now i know what to look for now i know what the speed is of of what we're doing here and then it's like all right let's get into it and conditions don't get any better the the clarity of the water starts getting worse and so it's like all right let's call an audible we're gonna go look for bonefish and so so we pull up from that spot and we go hit a couple sandbars that are on that flat too and so we pull up to the sandbar and we start already start seeing bonefish and start casting at them from the boat platform and um that was also an i mean like you say camouflaged um in a different level and he's calling out bonefish that are coming up from the deep section onto the sandbar and kind of circling around and i'm like he's like you see him right there nine o'clock 30 feet and I'm like, you know, honestly, I don't see them. And uh, I put a cast where he describes there they are. And he goes, good shot. I'm like, I'm glad that was a good shot because I can't see these fish. I don't know where you're talking about. And so finally, I mean, like after a little while of him describing where they are and how they're coming up and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, now I can see the shadow on the sand uh, where they're coming up. And it's pretty tough with the ripples in the water and everything like that from the wind. But um start seeing those fish and so we i hook up and land one from the boat and then we get out and start walking through walking the flat and then kind of hitting the the sandbars from different angles and stuff and so we end up landing three bonefish probably like two three pound maybe three and a half pound on one of them um you can see some pictures on our on our instagram um but um, that was super cool. That was my first bonefish on the fly. The only other time I've ever had a shot at a bonefish was, was when my buddy Duncan and I went down to the Keys and we had a shot at one on the ocean side at, of Isla Mirada, but, um, it kind of, it chased the fly and didn't ever eat, but, um, so that was super cool. So after we, after we landed a couple of bonefish, um, we're like, all right, let's give the tarpon another shot. Let's go back where we were at and uh, try to post up and see if we see them cruising that sandbar off that channel. And water, water conditions still were pretty terrible. You couldn't really see much. And so we busted over to a different mangrove island and uh, started trying to, to see if there was... That, and it was actually clear over there there was like a mud line that was running down the the side of the island. And so we were sitting right on that mud line and you could see the briefly see a tarpon or two here and there coming 
from that mud section out into the clear and then back into the mud section and so but they were deep i mean like you couldn't get a fly cast on them and then let it sink and and drag it in so um we had some conventional tackle on board too um so we hooked up uh some shad and uh and a circle hook with a, a he actually used a balloon as a bobber blew up a balloon and uh let it float out there with the wind and uh emily was on the on the conventional spinning tackle and she she was letting it sit letting it sit and we saw tarpon roll right behind the bait and uh was going for it and she you know brought in the slack and that tarpon tried to go for the bait and never really got a hook set on it um so i think tarpon was kind of just like a lost cause on that trip um, we saw one permit and, and what size were the tarpon? They were everywhere between 40 and 120 pounds. So, those I mean, are, like deep, good. Tarpon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good size tarpon. I mean, right. like when that one that I missed, I mean, I was, it was I mean, almost still way smaller than my biggest tarpon, but I mean, good size tarpon. Uh huh. Yeah. Have you got that mount yet? What no, what's they it called me just the other day? <laughs> what what they tell you? What is the deal with They were that? like, We're gonna charge you storage fees. <laughs> so you're needing to oh, you need to go pick it I up. I thought I was gonna get it when I went and get it's a long story. I thought I was gonna get it when I was gonna get the skiff. Yeah, I'm just gonna need to have to pay to get it shipped. Gotcha. Okay. So they're you thought you were gonna go pick it up. I got you, okay. You know uh, me because I'm like So I'm, did you, you know, actually catch the tarpon or is this just like a lot? Yeah, yeah, it's or? it's yeah, sorry to hijack it, but yeah, you know me. I'm like, you know what I'll do? I'll spend two weeks picking up a new skiff, going into Florida, <laughs> and you're like, dude, you don't even have two hours <laughs> not scheduled. <laughs> but no, that's cool, man. I, I like listening to the, I can't believe I didn't go on this trip. But. Oh no. I we're going back and I think we're gonna go back in September next year. I'm for my birthday? You're going to take me there for my birthday? Let's go. Come You're on. You're going to take me? Okay, man. I mean, the place we stayed, I mean, I, I highly recommend San Pedro. And uh, there's plenty of cool places to, to stay. Uh, we went and ate at a really cool restaurant where they had, like, fresh caught. Uh, I We went snorkeling, and I was, I'd, I was talking to the guide, and I was like, you know, I've never had a hog snapper um, or hogfish. And, uh, I, you know, I see, I watch Meat Eater and, and know they're doing, you know, they've been spear fishing a lot. And that that's one of the things that Kimmy Warner is always like, hogfish is the best fish that you can ever eat. And I was like, I've never eaten a hogfish. Have you, do you guys spear fish around here? You guys go catch hogfish and stuff? He's like, oh yeah, you should go to these two restaurants in town if you want to eat hogfish. It's like, okay. So we went to one and it had like a fresh seafood like tub outside of all the fish that were caught that day and of those were hogfish and so i picked mine out and uh had it fried whole and i just freaking delicious i just everything about the customer service the food uh drinks i mean the place we stayed had like a pool with like swim up bar everyone's super friendly primary language is english and belize even though they're border right next to mexico i mean everyone speaks spanish as well but i mean their english is perfect so it's yeah well in the tourist spots right it's well i mean everywhere anybody that we talked to there um which all went from the airport to an island 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and even every, every yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. No, no, no. And that that's super cool, man. Yeah. Good God, that's super cool. Yeah, it's and uh, so why'd y'all come back? I I don't know. No, we should oh, your kids. Kids, yeah, that's right. Um no, but uh let's see. I guess I did mention that they uh they've got the second largest coral reef. So we did go snorkeling, that was super cool. It was also still super windy there, but we saw, uh, we sw- swam with, uh, I mean, obviously the biggest tourist trap is, oh, you get to go swim with sharks. I'm like, uh-huh, nurse sharks. We're going to go swim with nurse sharks. So we went to go swim with nurse sharks and, and big, huge stingray. Like, um, and then we saw all the coral reef fish, like all the colorful stuff. How big stuff. were the nurse sharks? Uh, probably like seven to eight foot really yeah it's huge yeah i i've never done i've never fallen for that yeah but when i was in the keys one time and we were i don't know what we were doing something dumb but like not knowing any we didn't have we like chunked some bait out and i was like oh, let's try this let's do this thing and we hook into this giant fish like uh-huh. right off the bat and i'm like whoa did this thing work out and dude it was a nurse shark and it was like I mean, I don't know, eight foot plus, uh-huh. you know, and it's a, I was like, what? These things are that big? Yeah. yeah that's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they're huge. And they're, I mean, they're kind of like, I don't know, I, their demeanor is almost like a dog because they hang out under these pockets of the coral heads and then you'd swim around and then they just kind of look up at you. And then if you like put enough, pressure on them then they'd kind of like move out of the way and you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like if you just like swam close enough to them they would just like push out of there and move on to the next coral head um but i like the wiener dogs when like you think of like the you know of like wolves and stuff uh oh yeah it's like oh oh, you're a shark but (laughs) yeah yeah, I know, but I mean the whole. I mean snorkeling was cool. We had the we had a boat to ourselves with the one captain. I think if we go back, when we go back, we'll go offshore. Um, they they do a lot of wahoo tournaments there. I've never caught a wahoo. Um, I mean they're they're in deep water, super fast. As as soon as you go past that reef, and so. They do a lot of wahoo fishing, sailfish, I mean, anything really. But And then you can do a lot of reef fishing too. I mean, if we take the kids or something, they'd be entertained for hours catching, you oh, know, sure. snapper and stuff but, off the reef. But, but, um, but I mean, what, like, what, what, what surf or surf? I mean, is there any? I mean, there's not really a surf break. I mean, while we were there, there's, there's waves breaking all over the reef, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's just not I wouldn't as, do it. No, no. There's no like crazy giant wave to go surf on. No. Yeah, and and that's and that's you know and obviously it's the Caribbean, right? You know, yeah. I mean, but you know, maybe some Puerto Rico, but but um, but yeah, and and the fishing that I've done there too, uh, you know, the offshore fishing and stuff. You know, I haven't I haven't ever had any great great experiences, but yeah, dude, I'm down to go man um yeah everything on there i guess one thing i didn't mention is everything on on the island is all golf carts mm-hmm. i mean some people have imported like those small trucks and like vans for transporting people but 
everything's golf carts. We went to uh, on the north side of the island. There's a place called Secret Beach, which, is, which isn't so secret, but it's like <laughs> the area of the island on the, uh, I guess, on the west side that has houses that are starting to be developed. But it's, I mean, it's like all wetlands and. There's houses on stilts that it's there's no power, no water, no nothing. Everything's self-sustained, solar. So so the hold on the directions to Secret Beach is like go to the neighborhood and then you found it. Uh huh. <laughs> go north. You're gonna you're gonna reach a T in the road. Turn left, and then there's like roads developed roads quotation yeah. points and uh, and but everything's everything's also self-sustaining out there and then they've got bars out there where they have picnic tables out in the water and uh i mean you got snappers swimming around you and the the bartenders come out with uh whatever you order to eat and drink or whatever and you're just kind of hanging out under a little umbrella on a picnic table in the water so that's pretty cool hey i'm, I'm down you know i think that might that might hit the that might hit the mark for like the you know and always wants to like a not always but she's not opposed to an all-inclusive yeah like i'm kind of imposed to you know uh-huh and um and so yeah you know maybe an island you know we could do that yeah I've, i mean this is definitely not i mean they have the all-inclusive resorts uh we did a kind of a diy the place we stayed was not a resort by any means but it was not but, like but, a, I mean, you see what I'm saying it could be, you know, it could be the, it could be the adventure, kind of like the in between yeah. for me, and still like it's, yeah, the whole island they're set up, and that's curious. what that's what that that island is. I mean, there's the other keys that like Key Cocker and um, the others where you can go to a lodge that's specific to fly fishing. Like every day you're there, you're gonna be on a boat, you're gonna go fish, but if you're gonna take your your spouse. Or your kids, I mean, San Pedro is a good option because you have other things that you can do with with everybody with in town, on the water, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's something we'll do again for sure. That's tight. Yeah, dude. So that's cool that you got to have all the fun. Which mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, maybe I'll give you one of my. You, you can do that stuff. I'll sure. give you one of my free to lake coupons for your troubles. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I'm the one having to work. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So what's next, man? So what what's the plan going forward? It's holidays. Yeah, we're tricky. coming into Christmas. Yeah. So I think uh, we're probably going to split off a little bit. Um, I mean, even though, you know, go to the homelands, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'll go to your homeland. I'll go to mine. Yeah. We're going to do, we're going to go back down South, South Padre Island. We're going to spend some time with family, but we're going to get on the water too. I think I might even try to get, I might sweet talk my way into getting a duck hunt in on the morning. If, if the buck hook guys decide to go out on one, but, um, but we're, we're, we are going to spend two days on the water, um, uh, my, my parents just got a, uh, a curlew. They've had a curlew before, but the difference is that the curlew they had before was kind of set up traditionally. If you're familiar with the new water boats. Now this curlew, they bought Tim, the owner of new water boats. He built this skiff specific to having a, like a four and a half, five foot, uh, top drive platform on the curlew. 
And so that's what they've been. Seems so wild. That's what they've been running for the past uh, couple weeks. And they've been on fish, man. They've been on fish every time they've been out. I mean, I, not, you know, it's not to take anything away from, you know, your parents Mm -hmm. and their experience and their level down there. But man, it seems like something I would do. You know, (laughs) and that means borderline sketchy. Yeah. Well,. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're up there in, in age and I mean, and I thought it was like a little bit borderline, um, a bad idea because it's like any top drive boat, anytime you want to get off a drift or get up and move or maneuver around the dock, you got to climb up the, the stairs and get up there and drive the boat. It's like. You're not just you're not just stepping on a raised console, and so. Well, I mean, and two, you're you're now your center. You know, those are not big boats, right? You know, the curlew. You know, compared to a technical polling skiff, they're big boats. Yeah. You know what I mean, but but not you know. So I mean, you know, now you've got the tower and you, a little bit top heavy, a little top heavy, and especially if you you know. But but I mean, it yeah. sounds cool, man. I, I haven't like seen it in out. person, but I'm gonna see it this next week. So. And we're going to get on the water on it. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, we're going to get uh, Emily. She doesn't get to fish very often. So we're going to we're gonna get out and see if we can find some, some redfish and and trout. But uh, I think you guys are maybe going to spend some time in Matagorda. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about it. So we're we're gonna we're gonna be um, I, I don't know a day or two before Christmas. We'll go back to we'll do Christmas and Tomball. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the kids are, we're having withdrawals because we've been so busy and I've been so busy and, you know, and they're, and they're like, you know, it's, I don't know, a couple of weeks now and they're like, what are we going to do? You know, need to go ride the dirt bike. Yeah, exactly. And and that's, and that's the other thing too, is we're probably gonna go ride bikes, dude. I bet we, I bet we, I mean, we'll put the new boat in. I'm actually like tweaking some trim tab stuff, uh-huh. you know, for shallow sport. And I and I've got a couple things I'm trying to tune up for the mod V, mm-hmm. and and we'll probably do that too. But I don't know if we're gonna do much fishing, man, because yeah, the kids are like dying because we've been you know we have been riding bikes, yeah, and um, and so I mean I think we'll just go and we'll have fun, and then we gotta do Christmas, and then we're doing, and then we're like two weeks in in West Texas and New Mexico. So I mean, dude, it, it's just gonna be like this is. And that's only going to be a little stretch of not much fishing. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe maybe I'll come back with like a new fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so so I'm down for it. You know, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, right now we're just, we're, we're December and we're hitting fall weather. So. <laughs> it, everything's been weird, man. And, uh, but, but I mean, I'll be back. I'll be back, like you know, into January for the real nasty stuff, and we'll go. We'll go catch, catch some big trout. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to hearing about your your West Texas trip. I mean, you're hitting a lot of cool spots that I mean, we hit some of them last Dude, year. I didn't but... tell you, but I got quiet there for just a little bit on the podcast, and I feel bad, but that's because I just booked a backcountry uh, drive-in spot for Big Ben. <laughs> So literally, dude, my phone dinged, and I've got you know it's it's one of those it's one of those backcountry spots that takes like the off road high clearance vehicle. You gotta like check the boxes and do all you know what I mean. Uh-huh. But dude, we couldn't get into one, and it just came available. And I was like, dude, I gotta 
I got to book it right now. <laughs> and and so, like, that was kind of the missing piece. So now, dude, it's going to be tight, man. We're gonna... So you're talking, like, uh, the one trail that we went to, which was in the state park, that was, like, a six-mile dirt or, like, gravel road. And then they had, like, the park, the tent sites on the side. Is that what you're talking about? Type of... Are you talking about the national park? Was it the national park? Yeah, that was the oh, national yeah, park. That right. was Big Ben National Yes, but what we went down was one of their maintained roads. So we've got yeah. one on an unmaintained, so like one of their off-road okay. trails. You know, and, and I'm air quoting a little bit because it's not like real off-roading, like I might, I might normally say. But it's one of the more. It's, dude, I, I can't believe it just came available. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, like you're not getting there in a Subaru Outback, but. You yeah, could. you know, I I I kind of wondered, and the I had a park ranger explain. You know, and this is when we like doing this for New Year's. This is our New Year's thing. Yeah. We we get like right after Christmas, we go and we just and we kind of do the national park thing, and mm-hmm. we get and and it's great, and I love it. And I had a park ranger. Um, somebody is like, well, what is you know the off road trail? And he said, can you change your oil without jacking up your car? <laughs> and and uh and that was and i was like oh i like that like that makes sense you know yeah, what i mean and right. so so it's like you know it's 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 not it's um and and maybe like a you know maybe there's like you know some two-wheel drive trucks out there you might be able to do that with or something like that but and those might not cut it but but it, it's in where we went it's far away man i mean you're you there's nobody close you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's super dark. It's fun. So we're yeah. we're excited. We're gonna stop. Uh, one of my business partners got a ranch halfway out there, at Dane's Ranch. So uh-huh. we're we're gonna stop. And uh, and too, because we've been eating so much meat, dude, since we've been like stuck on carnivore for mm-hmm. like you know two years now. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I got. It. I was like, hey, we ate a deer in a month right now. Uh-huh. And so I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta shoot some more. And he, he needs some does that need to be shot. So we're gonna stop at his ranch nice. on the way out, and then we're gonna go hit Big Ben. We just got the camping spot, which is awesome. We've nice. been stressing about that, and then we got some like boutique hotel in Alpine, like uh-huh. downtown Alpine. You know, like uh, Maverick Inn, you know, like a cowboy hotel. We're doing that for two nights in Alpine, so we can go to the star party at the at the Fort David, the McDonald Observatory <laughs> that that you were supposed to book last year. That uh-huh. you didn't. They didn't have an event while we were uh-huh. there last year, and uh, so we can do that. And then Guadalupe Mountains for one night, and then we go into to uh, New Mexico, and we've got three nights planned there so far. Yeah, and. And we still got to get back, so I think we're gonna run up to the mountains to hit because this is it's kind of always our New Year's tradition to spend in the desert. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna run up to the mountains and see some snow, and then go back down to the desert and stop at Carlsbad, mm-hmm. and uh, and do the cavern and the there's, there's two national parks over there too, and then uh, and then. And then head back. So we don't have the back end of the trip plan. We're already like a week and a half. Nice. Yeah, and and we're not like you know we're we're not like you know two week. I mean I don't we you know it's gonna be one of our it's gonna be our longer trips. Yeah, one of our longer trips. And I think we're gonna get back before school starts. I hope. <laughs> Hopefully. 
Yeah, you. I mean, you guys definitely don't like plan things out way, way out. But this one's cutting it a little bit close. This is no, even for my comfort level, this one's cutting it close. Um, but I, I think we're gonna be good because I think if we, yeah, this one's cutting it close. <laughs> this one's <laughs> no, I. Yeah, I wish we could join on this one. Um, I think we've got I, we've got some good camping trips planned for for the year. Well, we are, up, you are so. coming to Garner this year, right? Yeah. That's going to be cool. I mean, that's that's another tradition. Like, Memorial Day weekend, Garner, that's yeah. that's something. And and honestly, that one, I I would probably trade all the others just for that one. Yeah. Even the, the crazy ones that we do and stuff. I, I, Garner is such a cool spot. And just having the kids go, like, get out of school and go straight to Garner, man. It, 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 dude, that, that, that touches, like, a spot. Like, that's, that's, like, that's, like, a part of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So I'm glad y'all get to go to that one. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So, no, I think uh, we wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be, uh, as soon as we can sit back down together, we'll be talking about our adventures. I'm sure that'll include South Padre Island, Matagorda. That'll include West Texas. It might be. This one was, what, three weeks? Yeah. We've, dude, we've, st- dude, I'm proud of us for this year. So, I mean, you know, before we, before we get out of here, like, I'm pretty proud of us for doing this. We're no, um, you know, Skiff Wonder podcast, but like, I think we've learned a lot this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I've learned a lot. You've done a lot of this work. It really, really helps us out in what we're doing with Untamed. Yeah. And and I mean, what we're doing there, dude, is we're like we're helping ranches make money. We're helping people buy ranches. You know what I mean? Like we're doing a lot of stuff that's not seen, mm-hmm. which is super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, we're building properties for like fishermen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, dude, I think next year we need to like if people. You know, people need to let us know, but, you know, I think next year we kind of hone in on the podcast and, you know, maybe we expand it, you know, maybe we kind of change the theme a little bit, but dude, I think we're going to keep this up. What do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've had a good time doing it. I mean, we're episode 15 and we started around summertime, you know, and, uh, no, I've been talking to several people. They've really enjoyed it and, uh, coming into 2024, I think you know. I think we're gonna plan a good event for Fish Camp Rockport, uh, maybe springtime. Hopefully, I mean, I I've think been, so, man. I've I been think ta- it's time. I've been yeah. talking to some people. I we'll do we'll do something that involves fly fishing. You know, getting around good people, sharing good stories, and uh, and doing something awesome. So, yeah, look out for that. Um, but otherwise. Um, check us out on Instagram. If you have not followed us, follow us at untamedout.com. Um, or, uh, Instagram, Facebook, any of the socials. If you want any, want to see us go on a particular adventure after the first of the year or, uh, have a question, you can drop us a DM or on social media, reach out via email info at untamedout.com. Um, but yeah, otherwise have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. That's it. That's it. We're headed out. Headed out.